Welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. And today you're joining us for episode three of our first series, Refresh. Uh, I'm joined again by Roger, but and for those people that don't know, which probably isn't many listeners now, can you give us a brief introduction? Uh, I can, these introductions are going to get shorter <laughs> and shorter, aren't they? So I'm the Chief Giant, and uh, uh, I set up Derby Giants about 10 years ago. We've been focusing on OKRs for about six years now. Um, work with clients uh, ranging from, you know, a sort of smaller founder-led enterprises that perhaps are experiencing rapid growth through investment and so on, through to much more mature organisations uh, that are looking to um, recover and and uh, and rebuild some of the agility perhaps that they've they've lost. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a really exciting time. COVID's ironically actually presented us with a lot of opportunities and we've seen a lot of growth over this period so um it's good to see that okrs are gaining traction because i genuinely believe it's it's a win-win for both the business and the teams and the people uh it's not one at the expense of the other if they're done well uh, and um you know if somebody follows follows our methodology they will be done well <laughs> Great. Thanks, Roger. And just briefly, as you know, I'm, I'm Jenny and I'm Giant Talk host. And today we're talking all about pilots or big bangs. So first off, what's the difference? So this is about how you choose to uh, set up OKRs because there's two choices, really. You know, you can run a pilot. Uh, so, that, you know, it, uh, it, you, you find a, a particular part of the organisation uh, that you maybe decide to run it in uh, so that you can kind of do this, try it on for size, learn from it before you uh, share it with others across the organisation. Or you can go, as the name suggests, Big Bank, which is uh, roll it out to all those that would be working on OKRs in one go. In terms of TBG and kind of our preference, how would we align to those options? Most of the time, we would advocate a pilot, but this does depend on the size of the organisation. In our recent um, OKR uh, reports, the global report that we we published, um, we looked at the capacity for uh, for change in in organisations depending on their size, and we found that smaller organisations of a, say a hundred people or less tend to have the capacity to absorb. Uh, rapid change a lot more easily than larger ones and they had a preference more towards going big bang um, so that's fine that's uh, we're not saying that's wrong at all uh, but in terms of uh, larger organizations where not everyone might necessarily fall into the scope of OKRs not everyone might do it's only those that are focusing if you listen to the previous episode where we were talking about KPIs and, uh, and, and OKRs you know I made the point about OKRs uh, being uh, uh, really, really good at, f- at focusing on and measuring activity that drives growth, change, innovation. Yeah. Um, so, and not everyone in a business, certainly a large organisation, has the ability to contribute to those. So that's why, even though we say big bang, it doesn't necessarily mean everyone across the organisation gets OKR'd up. It's only those that can contribute to one of those three things that I, I've just mentioned. So you mentioned there about kind of smaller companies maybe being able to go more big bang. Is there any kind of industries or any areas that might prefer to go big bang? Well, I think it's got a lot to do with mindset, to, to, to be honest, and that's about sort of culturally how much of a, 
how much of a shift is required or how much of a leap is required, should I say, to, to, to take on OKRs. Um, and what we see is that, unsurprisingly, because OKRs grew out of the tech sector and the tech sector, certainly those certainly software businesses tend to have quite an agile mindset anyway because they're already very much structured in an agile way to focus on their development projects. And so, therefore, transitioning that thinking over to the way they run the business and not just the way they run their projects is, is, is not too much of a stretch. But then you've got mature industries, like, for instance, we worked with a, a large mining and minerals company down in South Africa uh, last year, and they were far, far more steady in their approach to change. You know, we worked with um, a, a, a very large bank in Argentina towards the end of last year, and they were exactly the same. But we're talking there about organizations of thousands of people. And that's that's the major difference. That's the major difference, I believe. Um, and, you know, there is a distinct challenge there around managing the change. So the, the, the being, being, being correct and timely in the communications and messages and dialogue and so on and so forth. Because if you get that wrong, OKRs, like any change initiative, will just not work. Mm. People won't buy into it. So if an organisation listening to this does think they want to go big bang, um, does this mean that there's no room for pivot later? Um, and how could they kind of do this, I guess? Only so much goodwill in the bank across the business at any one time. And if you if you burn through that goodwill by trying to do big bang and it doesn't quite work, you might have burnt through some of that goodwill. And so therefore, if you're going to say, actually, you know, rather than, and to, to, to some extent, this is, this is where we've come in in the past with clients who have tried to go big bang. You know, I, I mentioned uh, with, when we were talking about uh, OKRs versus KPIs, you know, some of our clients have, that invited us in had actually applied OKRs to every single piece of activity in the business. And that, <laughs> that's definitely big bang. What we ended up doing was kind of helping them kind of roll back from that and redefine the scope and the focus of, of OKRs to that focus on growth change innovation. And so therefore, the ownership actually moved within the organization. And in, in, I'm thinking of one example where it moved from HR into the strategic planning team in terms of the ownership of OKRs as a process, not the OKRs themselves, but the process. Uh, and, it, you know, you, that whilst you can't really say that that, would, that then became a pilot because the OKRs were really live, common parlance in the organisation, people had a reasonable understanding of OKRs, but then, you know, that was the pivot that they made. They kind of went, mm, you know what, we, test, <laughs> we tested them, <laughs> okay, in a big way, but we tested them. They didn't quite work for us, so we've, we've learned from that and we've redefined the scope of it. So I wouldn't say that that was necessarily a pilot. And I don't think it's probably right to call it a pilot because you're already committed to them and they're already running and you've learned from it. So you might actually say, actually, in that particular scenario, going big bang was unknowingly the pilot because mm. you've, en you've ended up having to learn and adapt from it. So, um, yeah, I hope that kind of rambling made sense. But, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So you mentioned a little bit there towards the end, more about pilots, and I just want to little dig into that a little bit. Um, so if someone wants to run a pilot, should it be done just down to one function, 
or just down to one layer of the hierarchy? I know I mentioned that word. Um, and what about cross-functional working and how can this happen in a pilot? Okay, so the scope of a pilot, um, it rather depends on the appetite of the organisation. And also, I think you should be looking for where are you likely to have, where you're likely to find your early adopters and your innovators in the organization. So, you know, it comes back to the point I was saying before about mindset and how much of a leap is it going to be for people to adopt OKRs versus how they've been previously working. Uh, so if you have, for instance, uh, in an organization, a very defined sort of technical uh, area, I'm not going to say function, but sort of technical um, area, it's possible that it might be uh, the sensible choice to run an OKR pilot in that. Fine. If you're perhaps an organisation that doesn't necessarily have that, and by technical I don't mean like support, IT support, what I mean is IT development, project-orientated work, yeah? Um, if, if you're an organisation that perhaps hasn't got that and you're, and you're wanting to... Um, eventually use OKRs across uh, a number of different activities in the business, then I think what's worth doing is it's worth looking at your, uh, your strategy and the priorities that emerge from that strategy and then maybe choosing one of them and saying, right, we're going to run an OKR or, or a few OKRs that are going to help to focus activity on this priority for the next three, six months. Now, I've specifically not said fu uh, that, that functions come into this because what I would recommend is if you're going down that route and saying priority, the, the next question you should ask is rather than what can each function do to then support this is to ask, right, who is it we need to contribute to this? Where do they need to come from? What are the expertise we need to form you know, on the team or teams to, to to support this 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 priority that we have, and that's you know that comes into your third question about uh, cross-functional working because that's how you start to build up the cross-functional teams. Your strategic priority, which is which perhaps has um, a company level OKR that that defines the you know the long-term outcome that you, that that wants to be achieved there, and then you've got a number of cross-functional OKRs supported by cross-functional teams which align into that which may be on, say, a three- or a four-month cycle, depending on what your, your shorter cycles are. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you work through a couple of cycles on those and make sure you're doing retrospectives to learn how the process is working for you. And that can really inform then how you might then apply that same way of working to the other priorities, because I'm sure it'll be more than just one, but to the other priorities within the plan and then expand OKRs out. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs, helping your teams achieve their objectives, getting them aligned, and absolutely helping them stay engaged. Sharing spreadsheets simply doesn't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping the teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, there's lots of things we love about Koan, but tell me, one of yours so 
I've got to say, one of my favourite things is that Koan just allows you to have a bit of fun with the OKR process. Yeah. Um, in, in Series 2, I think it was Episode 3 of this podcast, we actually <laughs> spent about half an hour, 40 minutes, talking about the importance of making OKRs fun for your team. Yeah. Um, and, and Koan allows you to do that perfectly. Yeah. You know, even just things like adding a, a gift to, to your reflections adds some real personality and I think I probably waste far too much time each week looking for the perfect gift, to be honest. But it, it allows that fun throughout the organisation, and that's something that's really important if you're going to keep people engaged. You are known for having the best gifts Thank in, you very much. in the team, definitely. <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about how to make OKRs fun uh, whilst using a great system, then pop along to uh, koan, that's K-O-A-N.co forward slash giants where you'll find also a great paper that we co-wrote with them on how to build accountability and collaboration using OKRs. If someone's listening to this from an organisation they think they're going to go for a pilot is this not going to cause kind of increased tensions and frustrations and maybe complexity within the organisation um, as everyone will be working towards different goal management systems if they may be running a pilot they've got another system in place at the same time? Well, yes, you do assume that there is a goal management system in place already, and that is quite often not the case because <laughs> uh, it's not really kind of recognised or it hasn't started to be recognised as an important discipline until uh, you know the, the, the past few years. Um, but actually, what I've observed, and this is what I encourage clients to try and uh, generate and, lev- and gain, gain leverage from to help with from from a change point of view, is with a pilot, you can start to kind of almost market that internally and communicate the, the the successes, the green shoots that you're starting to see. You know, get some get some quick um, quick uh, short videos about how people are finding that it's you know improving communication or, or uh, you know improving transparency. You know, I used to sit across this per- across from this person every single day but I never understood what it was that they were working on and now we're working together on these things and you know these are I'm not making these up that's actually a quote from what I heard from a client from a couple of years ago uh you know we're all part of the same team we all we all sit around the same bank of desks but we've never ever really understood what each other's working on and now we're we're we we feel like we've got some really good shared goals and, and and they're making a difference so you know, it's things like that which then start to build up the demand and interest from other parts of the business. So what you start to see is that the energy behind the change becomes more about a pull from the rest of the organisation than a push from those that are wanting to kind of see the change happen. Yeah. So uh, the the I, I, in terms of the tensions and the frustrations, I tell you where I have seen those. I've seen those at senior level because what happens is often that if you're if you're if 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 you're just running a pilot on a particular priority in the plan, that may only fall within the, the scope of like a couple of members on the uh, on the C level team or the exec team, um, and the others might be chomping at the bit. I want OKRs. I want OKRs to 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 help help to to get people to focus in on my priorities. And that may be a tension, but I think that's a good tension because mm-hmm. that's a that's a pull energy. That's a that's that's a pull energy, which is which is great for change. 
great for change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so finally, for this episode, I want to come to you for some top tips, if that's okay. So first, kind of want to touch on top tips for a pilot approach and kind of what your headline top tips would be. Yeah, so top tips for a pilot approach would be to look at the part of the organisation, like I said earlier, where your early adopters and your innovators are likely to be, because that's the low-hanging fruit in terms of the change aspect, uh, and in terms of adoption, and in terms of evangelism to the rest of the organisation. So if you're running a pilot, if you're deciding what the scope of that pilot should be, yeah, think about who, who gets, who will get this, who will get this, where will be the the, the, the quickest and easiest win for us because that it's that it's that real sort of positive feedback it's that it's that obviously you know demonstration of impact to the rest of the organization that is going to really help with uh, the wider adoption um, at the same time though that doesn't mean to say that you should take your change management for granted you still need to focus on making sure that the that the the communications and the dialogue are done at the right time in the right order um so yeah that's what i would say for a pilot approach tips for a big bang approach if you are going to go big bang then i i I would absolutely say this is definitely where your change management has to be on point um you have to be clear about you know at a high level the steps that we we always recommend are you know you you you, the, the leadership have to impart and, and and convince people of the of their vision for the change so this is how in this instance how okrs are going to make you know us perform better as 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 you know be better in whatever way we define as being better uh if we do it oh and by the way if we don't do it this is what the threat is so there's a bit of excuse me there's a bit of um a carrot and stick in that so you, you, you know unashamedly you know you can leverage a little bit of the fear response there uh, but this is the consequence if we don't change we don't do this and then uh making it very clear about what's in it for the people that you're asking to change so yeah how's it going to make their job or their life easier in some way shape or form and then uh, once once the change is is starting to happen really seizing on those uh, first early signs of success uh, and and uh, you know and and being uh, making sure that they're very visible very visible uh, and and building on that as well to uh, uh, with, with with recognition and such like to to make sure that there's more of it sounds really simple sounds completely obvious and you're probably thinking why wouldn't we do this but all too often, particularly when it comes to the Big Bang approach, the uh, predominant leadership messages, uh, JFDI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> and that's just kind of like, oh, right, okay, yeah, fine. It's another initiative, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'd say about the Big Bang approach. It's absolutely about your change management there. Great, thank you. I think that's a really interesting point and kind of around you don't want it to be seen just to be another thing that's being brought in. Um, so it's very much about that communication and feedback um, element of the process and something that at Giant Talk we like to get your feedback as well. So thanks for joining me today, Rog, for that uh, conversation. Um, if you've got any feedback on the episode, feel free to drop us a note on social media. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter or email us at growth at 
um, and join us next time for our fourth episode in the this refresh series which will be all about where do i start so where do i start with okrs so we hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time for another episode of giant talk <laughs>